0: Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Kingdom Family Talks. Uh, We're excited to be with you, and we're even more excited to be in Mechanicsburg in Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm joined with uh, none other than Leif Hetland himself. Hey, Leif, good to be with you. Oh, good to be back. (laughs) And we have the privilege and honor of being with Dr. Mike Hutchings today
1: as well from Global Awakening. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. It's great to be with you, and welcome to Global Awakening here in Mechanicsburg.
0: Thank you. We we feel very welcome. Yeah. It's uh, like a the second family. home. Yeah. Come on, you're part of the family. <laughs> Come on, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we um, we're excited to be in in Mechanicsburg and uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, we're here for a couple of things. We're here for uh, both the Global Awakening School uh-huh. uh, for the next couple of days. Uh, Leif's going to be speaking in the school. We're here for Global Celebration uh-huh. uh, School of Supernatural Ministry as well with uh-huh. Georgian and Winnie, yeah. and that's exciting uh, and. Uh, Another exciting thing is Leif, you're here to launch your new
2: book. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that quickly? Yeah, no, it's just excited because even here in the same building with, uh, with my dear friend Mike, uh, some of the students just started to ask some questions. And I had been in a process for a while, but when the students started to ask, and I realized the value it had for them, it's like uh, when, you, when you're going into the muscle wall and you're facing these different giants, what are some of the things you are doing? So at the moment when I started to realize, I just shared life with him about some of the things I've done intuitive. But I realized a lot of things I've done intuitive, I didn't know how to do it intentional. Mm. So it's kind of Mm. like David as a man after God's own heart. How do you raise up a culture? How do you raise up a culture of giant slayers, of other people? I've had a joy of seeing giants coming down all over the world and you've done it many times intuitive but then i realized i'm looking in a room full of all these young people they also want to say hey we are facing giants some of them is in their life some is in the home or finances or health or there's different areas that they are called to be able to meet some of the giants and we have giants all over the place so that started the process and it's been a lot of testings and finally in the laboratory now we have the product and it is finished and it's uh, these uh, incredible ground rules for killing giants the book it's called Giant Slayers. And, and it's just going to be a tool that is practical. It is tangible. It works in any setting for anyone, no matter what they are facing. So this year, 2017, is the year of breakthrough where the Giants Come comes down. And to do yes. that, there are some tools that is available for all of the people that want to be able to uh, be part of this incredible 21st century slugfest that the Holy Spirit is doing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh,
1: well, uh, well, I love well, it.
0: Come on, it's so good. Well we're gonna we're gonna get into a little bit about uh, about giant Slayers in a little bit. but um, Mike, why don't you just tell tell the people listening just a little bit about who you are what, what who is it that Mike Hutchings is and what is it that you carry and what are you seeing in this season? What do you do here at Global? Tell us a little bit about
1: who you are. Well, first of all, I'm a son. Come a on. loving father. He loves me so much <laughs> and has given me such a, an amazing opportunity to. To share his love, I uh, I'm a Baptist pastor originally, just like my friend Leif. <laughs> yeah. and, hey, I'm uh, from Baptist church. Come on, yes, there this we go. We're a room. It's a, Baptist 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 right got it's a Baptist convention right here. It's a Baptist convention people. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, uh, I as a Baptist pastor in Southern Illinois, I knew Randy Clark as a fellow Baptist pastor back in. March of 1984, which this is I being wasn't recorded born yet, in March. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> and uh, I was actually part of the first meetings at uh, Randy's Church in wow. uh, Marion, Illinois, where the Spirit of God came down through Blaine Cook in the Vineyard, and uh, uh, we uh, we we called those meetings the Spillertown Massacre. The name of the the name of the church was Spillertown Baptist Church. We called them the spillertown massacre because first of all we were so wrecked by the holy spirit that Whoa. we couldn't go back to christianity mm. as as we had before and secondly most of us who were pastors uh, because of what holy spirit was doing most of us lost our jobs the next year <laughs> so but it was all good so we were launched out of there to go church planting with the vineyard and it's been an amazing journey ever since this is yeah this is 33 years now that wow. uh We've been, we've been walking in this, and so it's incredible. So I've been in pastoral ministry for 35 years, mm-hmm. pastored Baptist vineyard, non-denominational. The last church I pastored was a charismatic Mennonite church. Mm. Wow. Um, that was an amazing place, amazing people. And then I went on a Brazil trip with Randy, and during that time, Randy asked if I would consider coming to Global School and direct the program, and uh, I was... Was shocked. I it was so far beyond anything that I could ever imagine doing. I was really content in my role as pastor, having great success. But um, I God had something more for me, mm, and so on. I said yes. I, I literally lived 58 years of my life in Illinois, in uh, just outside of Chicago, and um, we heard the Holy Spirit say, "I've opened a door for you." So we moved out here to Pennsylvania and four and a half years later, mm-hmm. uh, here we are. We're having an amazing time. Uh, we direct Global School of Supernatural Ministry, which mm-hmm. is a nine-month uh, ministry school that was founded by Randy Clark. It brings in the most amazing apostolic teachers, leaders, pastors, uh, and evangelists, and healing ministers, mm-hmm. and incredible apostolic figures like Dr. Leif Hatland uh, to come in and equip, train, uh, release, and impart Uh, to students of every age group. We have people here who are 18 years of age. We have people here who are in their 70s. Wow. Mm. uh, And every age in between. And they come here because they've been touched by God. They know Mm. that God has something more for them than what they've experienced. And so they come here because they feel a call to really get the right kind of training and equipping to then Mm. launch into the platform, not of ministry, but of being sons and daughters of a father who can then live out the real dream of God for their lives. Oh. We, we help our students understand the dream of God for their lives and that it's still possible. Yeah. It's still possible That's for so them good. to experience mm. it and that all of the experiences of the past no longer define them, but what defines them is who Papa calls them now Come on. Mm. and lets them know that they really can live out the dream of God no matter how many years they have left on this earth. So it's exciting to see right now we have a, a 72-year-old man who was on practicum trips as a second-year student. And he's out there with young ones who are 18 and 20 and 30 years of age. And he's preaching and he's discovering that the Holy wow. Spirit moves through him. And so he's expecting God just really <laughs> to use him in the latter years of his life just to bring That is ours. like the so coolest
0: expression of family. Yeah, <laughs> it really is, Like <laughs> You've got the grandfather <laughs> yeah. and, and the grandchildren out <laughs> yeah. learning how to do ministry yeah. together. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: incredible. <laughs> so the other thing that I do is I... Uh, oversee the global certification programs. Randy Clark had a dream a few years ago to take what uh, God had given him in terms of the training heart and to express it in an online classroom and so we have the Christian Healing Certification Program that trains people in physical healing, inner healing, and deliverance. We also have the Christian prophetic certification program that gives a very well-balanced and really uh, a very biblical understanding of what it means not only to move in the prophetic, but how to equip and release others in the prophetic as well. Mm. So we've had 2,400 students in the past five years take those courses all over the world, Wow. and uh, it it's released so many people into their the dream of God for their ministry, uh, just to see uh, so many folks once again of every age. Uh, f- countries all over the world, missionaries in Muslim countries who can't get training any other way Mm. except through the internet, and then using what God gives them to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers. So uh, these two amazing education programs Mm. I am so blessed to be able to oversee. So that's what I do here.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think both Leif and I personally have experience the fruit of your ministry in in so many of the students that we've encountered and people that we know personally that have been through either the chcp programs or Mm -hmm. through global school and uh, it's just exciting to be here it's exciting to see what you guys are doing and um, definitely a forerunner uh, in in terms of what we're seeing as an expression of education Mm -hmm. it's it's awesome
1: yeah Yeah. I, i just have to say it's so exciting to have the opportunity to see my friend's vision and call, to be a part of the fulfilling of that. Mm. Wow. You know, um, people talk all the time about, well, I want to fulfill my vision, I want to fulfill my call, my dream. I'm living my dream mm. by helping my friend as, as my friend fulfill the dream of God for his life. And it's, uh, it's so thrilling. I, mm. I just, I'm constantly in awe of Papa and how uh, I've just been privileged to be able to do this. So good. Wow. wow.
0: Mm. <laughs> well, uh, we're, ga- we're going to come back full circle in a little bit and talk. Yeah. We're going to drill into good. a little bit of Dr. Mike's world yeah. um, <laughs> in regards to uh, slaying giants and, and <laughs> some, of the, some of the things that you, you were a little more humble about touching on there, Dr. Mike. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, let me throw it back to you, Leif. Um, this book, Giant Slayers, I, I really believe this is going to change the world. I, I think uh, I, 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 I agree as yeah. I was uh, packing last night for this trip I just even just felt an anticipation in my spirit for this week that it's almost like I, I feel like this is a seed that that is really going to be released that's going to transform people's lives and um, it's a very practical book it's a very tangible book yeah. um, we've had an amazing team of people helping you um, bring it to life and birth it it's been a painful um, but very um, <laughs> very powerful journey, I think. Uh, You know, it's almost like the book is a giant itself that we had to slay in (laughs) order to get it onto the pages. But uh, one of the things I'd I'd love to just hear your heart, you mentioned before that it was really birthed here um, at Global School. um, Birthed out of, I mean, obviously it was birthed out of your life journey, but it's been, it was, uh, I suppose... um, extrapolated from some questions that students started to ask you about what are some of these principles you've 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 conquered some pretty amazing things in your in your journey and Mm -hmm. what are some of the, the foundational principles that maybe you didn't go into those battles knowing but through the battles you very much gleaned those principles um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your heart and, and, and even just even if you want to touch on some of the principles themselves and, and share, share about
2: that. Yeah, I think that what the student helped me with, as I'm saying, uh, I had done a lot of, I would say, both some preaching and teaching as well as being part of my life for so many years in a sense because… Uh, even in the philippines part of my thing was to to take similar what david did you take 400 different people ordinary people you help them to find their identity Mm -hmm. and then restoring their dignity so each one Mm. sees themselves the way that papa god sees them and then to release the dreams that was over their life so -hmm. this happened quite a few years earlier and it was connected to that that this whole thing came about but when i was here and a student uh, i think what what surprised me because i have certain pet messages that I'm known for that somehow you know it's kind of this is going to be a home run it it works anywhere it's what people are expecting from me but when they started to ask these questions it was just that kind of if you say on the priority list that yeah that's part of me too but it's kind of an eight nine Mm ten on the priority Mm -hmm. list but when I started to hear not just the question but see the faces and to see how practical how tangible and how much people desired to learn some of those ground rules, mm-hmm. to, to learn actually themselves. So i give you a couple of examples of that when the students started to ask me, chapter one in the book is dealing with just showing up. And it, it, yeah. that's kind of a fun thing because just show up. Uh, but but you never kill a giant if you don't show up. <laughs> yeah, So i So right. dealing with the times where the, when you didn't show up in life, but also when you did show up. So it was just t- talking to them, how does it look like when you show up? But chapter two, and this is probably what, stir it in me and say, wow, this has value and it's going to add value. Show up for the right battle. And I'm realizing, especially what's going on in the United States. And even at the time period when we started to talk to the students, I was just, and it took me right back. And the story is in the book about Tanzania. Uh, I had this assignment to gather 40,000, 50,000 young people for uh, what we were supposed to do. We call it the African Call to gather the youth and the next generation, bring the generations together. So I had this big assignment. But when I was going to Tanzania, this whole thing stirred up because of the ABC campaign in Uganda for AIDS. They decided in Tanzania we want to follow some of the same because the age statistics were so high that year. And when I'm coming in, I didn't realize first the pastors and the churches and their leaders was not so focused right now on raising up the next generation of giant slayers and world changers. They're interested in we need to stop this campaign that the government is condom campaign, because here's what the Bible says. And then on the other side, the government, they are coming to me in the newspaper and they ask me the question, hey, what do you think? <laughs> Because they are interested, in my view, because we can save life. And not everybody follows the Bible. And we're almost Mm -hmm. half Muslim and half Christian nation. But the reality is, if we can cut age statistics from 30% down to 7%. So I just showed the students... You're kind of a caught between the rock and a hard place But how do we deal with those different things? Mm. And then uh, as I started just to give them wisdom of how we went about it because wisdom is a very key in this season So I was explaining to them that if I answer here's what the Bible says and I'm very clear what the Bible says uh, About covenant about marriage and sexuality within Mm. the context. I'm very clear about that But if I did I would lose the government Mm. And I would lose the visa, I would lose the favor, I would lose the press, I would lose, and I would have a fight. If I went on the opposite side, and went in and said, hey, we can save life and everything else, I would lose the churches. And I wouldn't be able to do my assignment. And, And the anointing was resting up on my assignment. And I was not called to fight any of those two battles. It was not my calling. So when I described to the students then, what did I answer? And I often, in a joking way, said, well... I said, I cannot answer that question. I'm not a condom specialist. I'm a Jesus specialist. And over and over and over again, what I did was what I was explaining to them is just what the second chapter is dealing with. If that's the Sunnah and Shia Muslim issue or What's going on now between the Democrats and Republicans, whatever issue was there. There's people that are called to do it, but it's just recognizing. It's not just to show up, but learning how to show up for the right battle. Mm. Or then talk about the timing issue of it also, because I know there is people that are so frustrated because they birthed a baby, but now they spend the rest of their life trying to take care of it because it was premature baby. And then it has birth defect because they didn't understand god's timing so all these ground rules and principles that i have taken 20 some years of living in the muslim world being to 87 countries all of those different things so i decided okay i think i had over 40 ground rules to the beginning but then let me narrow it down to something that's going to work in any setting for any person that is pretty much these are laws kingdom laws you follow these laws and if you show up, you show up for the right battle and understanding God's timing, you follow those different things. Whatever you face, if that's fear or if things in your marriage, whatever is your Goliath in your life, then here is some tools that I can help you. Here's some biblical principles I can help you. And when I started to share that with a group of people that started to experimented from business to other area, I started to hear the stories of breakthroughs. Come on. And that that really became my joy. I mean oh it's almost my, a, yes. so when I'm then starting to hear giants coming down all over And I started to hear from Southeast Asia to the Middle East or just in marriages or cancer or So in this whole process, it was more we were trying these different things out, but we wanted to experiment with it We knew what the scripture says, but I also Mm -hmm. want to live it out. I want the word to be flesh I didn't want to just have the revelation of it. I wanted to become it I wanted to be tested on all of these things and to be able to have stories Not just what I was teaching, but something I had become. Mm. Because you teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. Mm. So I wanted to be able to impart to them some of the things that had been tested, that was kingdom, and it is working, and it's going to work for anyone in any setting. So it was more these ground rules tools in -hmm. the toolbox that the different people could be able to use. And finally, after about three and a half years of wrestling through this process, I do believe that I have something that I I hold in my hand and I just say, wow, I'm very grateful for this. And hopefully this can add value Mm. to a lot of people, a lot of marriages and even to a lot of the giants we're facing in the nations today.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: And I think, I mean, I mentioned this before, but it is a very accessible book. It's a very, the principles are very accessible and practical and I mean, we just talked about some pretty massive giants there, uh, but I mean, I was even using it as an example the other day with a friend of mine who, I observed this fairly um, comical um, experience. They've got a, a young little girl, and and she was heading out to school, and she was wearing one of her prin- many princess dresses, and and I think that particular <laughs> princess dress maybe needed to visit the laundry um, instead of visiting school. And uh, the mum knew five minutes before the school bus was leaving, hey. This is the wrong battle to fight. I'm not going to try and get this dress off this little girl. And so she used, uh, you know, a little Febreze on the dress and said, yeah. "Okay, I'm not. P- I'm picking my battle. You yeah. know." And I think, uh, you know, obviously that's a uh, maybe a quite an accessible story for many um, for many parents out there. That it's like your primary, your anointing resting upon your assignment. What is that assignment? It's to love that child well and to draw it closer to the father. Um, and if picking that wrong battle is gonna disturb your peace in being able to do that properly. Mm. Then that's a that's a very tangible everyday kind of experience. It was just very entertaining to, to be able to walk through and think about some of those principles that hey, <laughs> yeah, pick your battles and, and show up for the right one. So Doctor Mike, I'm 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 excited to talk to you about and and, and, and hear some of um, some of the battles that not just you've conquered, but you're ministering to people that are facing some pretty big battles. Um, And you've been seeing quite a lot of traction and quite a lot of breakthrough in in the past season in a particular area. Um, Why don't you enlighten us a little bit about that?
1: Well, when I came on board with Randy to direct the education programs, um, I knew I'd be traveling with Randy to some uh, schools um, and in one school in Urbana, Illinois, at the Vineyard that yeah. life has been to with our friend Happy, uh, there was a soldier, uh, veteran, that came up to me and said, would you ask Randy if he would pray for me over my post-traumatic stress disorder? Because he had uh, been retired for five years, couldn't sleep with his wife, had chronic nerve pain, a lot of night sweats, night terrors, things like that. It was really affecting his life negatively. So when I said, sure, I'll, I'll ask Randy. So I'm, when I brought it to Randy, he says, well, Mike, I'll stand with you, but I want you to pray for him. Now, I don't know that I've ever prayed for anybody with trauma. I've been doing healing ministry for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. You address trauma on certain, when, as the Holy Spirit leads, but never really taken a step-by-step approach. And the, the, the sure part of the story is that the man came in. Uh, I did what John Wimber taught us in the vineyard. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do here? That's what you start out with every prayer when you're ministering to somebody. And I got a download uh, that basically took me step by step through a process of bringing uh, this veteran freedom from wow. uh, post-traumatic stress, from all of the symptomology, which included uh, all of his traumatic images and memories just kind of vanishing, just he didn't have them anymore. Wow. Um, he came up, uh, he, had, he he was shaking, he fell to his knees, and. Came up and he had complete freedom and peace. He went home that night and he slept all night for the first time, all night in five years, without any nightmares, night terrors, anything. All of his chronic nerve pain was gone, and uh, he came back the next day and he was re- obviously he was rejoicing. Yeah. He was really excited. Uh, I thought, whoa, that's that's really cool. And you know, you think it's a it's a one-time deal, mm-hmm. no no big deal, and. Next time we were at Bethel that in January was our my next event with Randy and there was a gentleman there his name was Adrian and he was on sixty pills a day for his nerve pain and and all the stuff related wow. to post traumatic stress and uh, Randy asked me to pray for him I did in about a five minute prayer and God completely healed him and set him free from suicide from just so many things and what. What began to happen over the next year was just opportunity after opportunity to pray for people with post-traumatic stress at one point randy pulls me aside and says i think you've got something going on there you need to do something you need to do something with that you need to you know write those steps down and see what you can do so what developed was uh, a healing prayer model much like the five-step prayer model that we learned from the vineyard that is a healing prayer model for uh, bringing freedom to post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. And any kind of symptomology is related to trauma. Hmm. So that developed into a seminar that uh, I've gone all over the country as well as uh, five other countries. Uh, and in the past four years, I've trained over 7,000 people wow. in the traumatic healing pro model. Hmm. And I've uh, personally seen uh, 1,700 over 1,700 now because we just had a conference this weekend, uh, people uh, personally, myself, healed of post-traumatic stress. Come on. And we have numbers into the tens of thousands of people who are getting healed of post-traumatic stress, both military veterans, first responders like firefighters, Mm -hmm. police officers, emergency medical technicians, as well as civilians who have suffered from... Trauma through sexual abuse, through physical abuse, domestic abuse, accidents, things like that. So um, I'm shocked. I'm still shocked because uh, what has happened is it seems to, there seems to be an anointing that if people will actually receive the prayer, that they do get healed. Mm. They get healed of not only oh. their, their memories, they're able to sleep at night, a lot of their chronic nerve pain leaves, but all of the symptomology of post traumatic stress leaves them. And the even more exciting thing is that the anointing is impartable; it's reproducible. And so, I, whenever I go and speak on post-traumatic stress, I only go to places where I'm training people mm. and releasing them how to do it. So, I, I just a curious,
2: uh, Dr. Mike, how big is actually it? Is a giant, not just with veterans, but mm-hmm. we've talked about even people in ministry. Uh, yeah. that's why yeah i personally absolutely. have looked in the mirror of course i've been in pakistan been in different yeah. nation and yeah. i needed help myself mm. so but how, how big do you see this giant is because you're i mean first we're hearing about it and there's even people sometimes questioning about it yeah. and then now when you see one of these giant coming down you're realizing all over the place yeah. that there's peace people that
1: are facing this. So from the veteran, let's just talk about military point of view. Mm -hmm. 22 veterans or active duty soldiers commit suicide every day. Far out. Wow. In this country. So we've lost more veterans and active duty soldiers to suicide than we have to either the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan on the battlefield. Mm. So that's a giant just within the military communities itself. Uh, Within first responders, one of the greatest places that we saw and how post-traumatic stress became uh, visible within the first responder community was after 9-11, the attacks in New York City and Pentagon, where uh, six months to a year to two years after that event, you had a lot of firefighters and police officers and emergency medical technicians actually taking their own lives because they couldn't live with the traumatic memories and images mm-hmm. that they had to live with, not just for that day, but for the months afterwards in just cleaning up the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, within, um, If you think about that one in three women uh, have been a victim of sexual abuse and one in five boys have been a victim of sexual abuse as children, then you begin to see the level of trauma mm-hmm. that everybody carries. and. Uh, Granted, some people are able to deal with it because they come from strong families or they have strong faith or they know how to process what they're experiencing. But in, in our culture, at least in American culture, we have a tendency to we stuff everything. We yeah. keep things secret. We don't let it out. Mm-hmm. And that even makes the, the traumatic symptomology even worse because the memories get ingrained in there, and they actually become... Let me use this term. They become the presenting reality for everybody in that they may be with you in the room, but their first memory is right up here on the right side of their brain, and it's the trauma that they experienced either on the battlefield, either as a first responder, or as a child, it's still there. And the memory flow flows through that So that all comes through there. So they get triggered. Mm. You hear the term triggered all the time. Mm. They get triggered by things like smells, by things they see, by things they hear. And this is not just with military and first responders, but also with civilians. So uh, it's, it's a giant in every culture. It's a giant in South Africa where I've been. It's a giant in the Ukraine where I've been. It's a giant in Kosovo and Serbia where the genocide has been horrible. Mm-hmm. I have invitations to go to Israel where uh, the people who minister there in Israel say that basically everybody in Israel has post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. So literally we have some societies in our world that the entire society ha- has some form of trauma over it. So.
0: And I imagine that there would be specific generations as well that purely because of generational trauma that that would have been prevalent as well.
1: It's very interesting, it, it is, absolutely. Obviously, when you think of the Holocaust survivors, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, uh, in World War II, uh, there's so much trauma in that. They're actually, you use the term generational trauma, and there's actually uh, secular studies that have shown that you can have a Holocaust survivor and then the, the grandchildren of that Holocaust survivor, but the grandchild has never met the grandfather, never heard the stories, and yet this grandchild actually carries the same symptomology mm-hmm. as a Holocaust survivor which speaks of the generational curse that's passed through the DNA mm-hmm. that brings the trauma. And that, that, I mean, we've heard about generational curses mm-hmm. in the, the church, but this is actually from a secular trauma specialist mm-hmm. who can actually identify generational trauma in grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And yeah. The
2: other thing I'm thinking about, uh, it's like just for my own wife, my own children i'm just talking about in my world yes when uh, i remember it's maybe stupid so don't do that no <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm talking about uh, where i'm calling my wife i have 500 guys with machine guns but i couldn't get hold of my wife so Frieda taylor she was on the phone so i say, can you tell my wife i have 500 guys with machine guns they're coming to kill me but i should be okay and i'm just trying to escape the country and so then for the next 48 hours and still today when if, if you touch that button but i'm just saying this trauma, that's, like, trauma no viruses. let me let, let me
1: be clear here yeah that's not stupid at all no it that but is that is absolutely the truth yeah so she experienced trauma, trauma yeah that now you know as the lord obviously the lord can heal that but you know whenever you you're in pakistan or she knows you're in one of those countries mm-hmm. if she gets a phone call there's a trigger yeah. to yeah, that moment. moment yeah
2: yeah and that's why i'm saying the family then that's why i was thinking about that uh, I know the word was not uh, used in the right way, but I'm just saying for some people, maybe don't mm. think that all the other people around you see my yeah. own children yeah. to see Mechanism. I'm just saying in my home, uh, just because of the lives that I live. But then I can imagine uh, what about the wives to the soldiers? Yes. What about the children wondering yeah. if that is coming back or, and, and, or just living when they come home? And how do you see that
1: part of well, it? Well, it's clinically proven that if you live with somebody with post-traumatic stress, you will have post-traumatic stress. Mm. Because when you, whether it's the raging, whether it's the sense of um, living with somebody who used to be one way, and now is somebody completely different. Mm. You're living with somebody who, uh, just can't seem to keep it together. And so everybody walks on eggshells all the time around them. They're afraid They're afraid of, to blow them up. And so literally so many of the people that I've prayed for, for instance, children of Vietnam veterans, who nobody ever cared for the Vietnam veterans. There was no understanding of post-traumatic stress back then. So you have these dear Vietnam veterans who not only saw horrific things, but then when they came back home, they were shamed and dishonored for their service because of what was going on in our country. So, you have, I, I've ministered to so many children of veterans who carry post traumatic stress simply because of what they experienced in their own homes. Yeah, wow. Mm. Wow. I think you know, it comes to mind
0: um, as well, you know, the, I think life with your example, it's almost like bystanders, bystanders of trauma mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we, I mean, we had a uh, a pretty horrific experience in Cuba last year on a on a mission trip, um, and fortunately, life wasn't. Uh, he'd gone ahead of us and wasn't privy to this, which I'm thankful for. But there was uh, there was a horrific uh, traffic uh, accident in front of us where a little girl was run over by an 18-wheeler, and uh, and I saw it happen and 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 the, the full visual effects of that and having I mean I've worked in a hospital I've worked in A&E I've worked in a mortuary like I've I've been around death and injury and I froze I mean I was sur- surprised at how I responded to it but the the trauma that ensued over the next couple of days was was something that I wasn't I, I was like, this was a stranger to me. I had never experienced this. And,
1: and and what makes the difference is if you can process it, if you can roll that over to Jesus mm. and and let him have it, yeah. then you don't have to live with post-traumatic yeah. stress. See, I, you do experience post-traumatic stress from the things that you've witnessed. So people who were there when the towers fell down in mm-hmm. 9-11, they experienced post-traumatic stress because it was something, so, I mean, you know, the things that happened with people on that day was so horrific mm. that they experienced post traumatic stress. So what what we do is uh, how how we determine if there's post traumatic stress is does that memory now affect your life? Okay. Mm. So is that how you would define PTSD? Well, there's a number of there's about ten different symptomologies. Sure. You don't just take one. Mm-hmm. There's a it. The way the clinician, and by the way, we don't diagnose PTSD; mm-hmm. we just recognize the symptoms sure. as we as we give the seminar. And so it's a it's a complex group of symptoms that come together. But one of the things I always ask people is: first of all, uh, how do you sleep?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you, are you, are you confronted with nightmares and night terrors? Do you have night sweats? Do you have restless leg syndrome where you're 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 all over the bed all the time? Um, you know, do you? Do you have flashbacks during the day, you know, do you have for military veterans, do you have hypervigilance where you're always on alert for threats and looking around, do you have chronic nerve pain, do you have anxiety, fear, depression, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And as you put those things together, now, you know, everybody has a bad night's sleep, everybody has nightmares, everybody has anxiety or depression every once in a while, but the, you put that together and then that begins to impact your life in such a way that your life is not the same as what it used to be before the traumatic event. Right. That's how you take a look at it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm. Go ahead. But, no, you, but there's healing. See, that's that's the thing. Yeah. So you have to understand something. The pri- In Isaiah 61, the primary marker of Messiah was that first of all, the spirit of the Lord God would be upon him because he is anointed to declare good news to the afflicted and the poor, not to the rich and famous, although rich and famous can get it, but primarily his audience is the afflicted and the poor, the traumatized. Mm. And the very first thing is he binds up the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted in the Hebrews means shattered into pieces. So as if you were to take a glass mirror and throw it on the ground, and you would try to look at yourself through that mirror, Mm -hmm. you would see a distorted image of yourself where it's just in pieces. And that's what people who carry trauma feel like. Mm -hmm. They feel disintegrated, Mm -hmm. they feel their life in pieces, Mm -hmm. they don't know what their identity is. Identity is huge in trauma because what the enemy tells them is is that what they have experienced actually speaks to who they are. And so therefore, if I was a victim of abuse, then I'm a victim. I'm somebody who was sexualized at a young age. So therefore, I'm a, I'm a sexual uh, abuse person, a uh, victim. Uh, if I experienced trauma as a military veteran, then I'm going to carry that for the rest of my days, and there's nothing that I can do about that. And so it, it not only gets into the image of memory and soul soul issues but it literally speaks to the very heart of identity Mm -hmm. in people and in the one there's on YouTube there is a um, a video called man healed of PTSD and it's actually Randy interviewing the man at Bethel Mm -hmm. that got healed of PTSD and the first thing he says to Randy when he comes forward he's Uh, Randy's handing out Joe McIntyre's book uh, on identity Mm. and he came forward to get the book and he came forward to get it and Randy says, why do you want that book? And he says, well, I lost my identity a few wars ago. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Far out. So what you're dealing with in trauma Mm -hmm. ultimately comes back to identity.
0: And everything flows from identity. And
1: everything flows from identity. So the brokenhearted then and you know the two scriptures that are some of the besides Isaiah sixty one, Psalm thirty four eighteen says, uh, God is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And the idea of crushing means that you carry such trauma that you feel crushed all the time, to- right? Yeah. You feel crushed all the time. Yeah. You feel this huge weight on you, and there you don't you feel like you're going to carry it for the rest of your days. And the enemy tells you, well, that's part of your personality. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to carry that. This just you experience that, that's who you are. You're never going to get rid of that. But then, so he's near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. But then in Psalm 147 3, he says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Well wow. You know, David, I, I know you talk about David here. <laughs> David was one of the most traumatized yeah. people in the entire Bible. Yeah. We know that not only through his story but you read the psalms yeah. and you see this guy who's praising God yeah. and giving thanks <laughs> yeah. to God I love you God and then he comes oh. down and he's oh my god my god why have you forsaken me god take my enemies and cut out their tongues you know throw arrows at them and things like that and so you know typical day for you and I right i mean up and down and up and down uh, that's a joke folks yeah. it really is <laughs> um, but there's this idea of him dealing with such trauma and rejection throughout his whole life and yet he's praising God but he still has depths of very negative emotions, that is very typical of a person who's been traumatized. Mm. Wow. I'm
2: kind of a little bit stopped. I I was just uh, sitting and thinking because, uh, as I was saying, one of my joy is also to minister uh, on a sense of a deep inner healing, but I was thinking but first a lady for 46 years with bipolar, disease that was healed and it was connected to a baptism of love Mm. but i think you just provided some language because part of what was described when i took her back to when she was five years old and not at that time but she was 69 Mm -hmm. and that's when the trauma happened Mm -hmm. but when love went back to that person and restored the identity of that person That's when this thing started. So I looked at her, and it's part of one of the my importation, also look me into the eyes. And what I'm doing is bringing that into. Now, let me, there's a lot of things that is true, but let me tell you the truth. And then took it back again to who you are. And then we were just thinking, we were just, uh, Scotty, and and we we had a kingdom family uh, gathering at the Rock, and one of the pastors was up and testified. She's actually uh, leader of the sozo and everything else. Uh, She just had a journey back into her mother's womb. Yeah. Just in this thing. She was just testifying to. So we've had, I mean, the story, I mean, I can't remember just hundreds of people, individuals. Mm -hmm. I pray for just in the last two weeks over 3,000 one-on-one just looking into the eye uh, where we're doing in different settings all over Chile. But the story after story that took them back again and... To, to, to put it in a good sense, who were you before the foundation of yeah. the world? Who yes. were you before you were in your mother's womb? Yes. First, Ephesians 1, four, Psalm 139. says, so kind of, a, let me take you back again and let me show you. This is how Papa sees you. And here's what trauma did to you. Here's what the enemy did. Here's where the enemy came in. But giving them an encounter with that person and then bringing love in and healing in to the things that came in. To restore them back again to the original intention what Papa God had. So, just hearing some of the language that you are giving to us on some of the things that even this last week, week and a half, just all over were just the deep, deep things that God was doing in people's life. And then afterwards, you could see when suddenly they became what they already been before these trauma came in. And you could see the faces like, oh, now they started to believe what Papa God believed. And it was just a. I think it was just tremendous yeah. when you are describing a language because there were so many of these stories now that takes me back again. It was when because that's so much part of my assignment is also to restore people's identity back, to coming back as a beloved son and daughter, and then letting healing. And of course, yours is going much more. Uh, deeper and more surgery but i've had the joy of you know, when we do the baptism of love it's going back again and where love moves into the deepest root right. fear in your life mm-hmm. so the perfect love into all those cracks into the wounded heart when love moves into those different places then in the next moment you can see it you can it, it starts to be a manifestation yeah. when perfect love cast out fear That's and they're right. finding out that something happens with them with their identity that also changes their destiny and then the way they are living their life and how they are loving themselves the way that papa god loves them and instead of what was true now this is the truth and they have experienced the truth and the truth set them free so i just uh i just was thinking about so (laughs) many stories when you
1: were sharing this like wow this is a beautiful language to we just had uh, a un- uh, conference called Unbroken here at Global Awakening this weekend, and we gathered some people that we trust in terms of speaking the language of emotional healing, of uh, restoring dreams, and of deliverance. And uh, because the conference is titled bro- un- Unbroken, uh, we developed a phrase where we said, God wants to re- restore you back to your original factory settings. Yeah. Come on. well. The reset button. The reset yeah. button yeah. to restore you back to the original factory settings. And that means as, as restoring the full dream of God for your life to be, mm. you know, uh, freedom. Uh, this is not for me. It's somebody else. But freedom is the ability to fully respond to God in the way that he created you to be. Mm. That's what real freedom is. Yeah. And so many folks are in bondage to trauma. You know, we we focus so much on the bondage to the devil, but I'm or to sin. But the reality is, so much, so many people are in bondage to such trauma, and they actually sin by trying to take care of their pain. Yeah. Now I'm I'm not saying that we just dismiss sin, but we understand that for many of them, they're simply sinning because they don't know what else to do about their pain. Yeah. It's interesting, even in the professional addiction community, those folks who are studying, not in a Christian manner, um, where they're studying um, uh, addictions, that they have now made a very definite link between trauma and addictions. And Mm. it's actually changing the professional addiction treatment mode to instead of focusing on behavior, now they're going back and doing genograms and trying to find out where the trauma took place in people's lives. Mm -hmm. We're we're training our global school students when they pray for physical healing, if somebody has fibromyalgia, neuralgia, uh, or any kind of of undefined chronic nerve pain that um, they will first ask the person, okay, when did this come on? And then Mm -hmm. secondly, did something traumatic happen at that time? And nine times out of 10, they can identify something so that most chronic nerve pain has its roots in some kind of trauma. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, without going into details, I mean, I've talked to you about uh, our good friend down in Atlanta who's having some amazing breakthrough mm-hmm. in neurology, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we're gonna try and do a podcast with him at some point in the future and definitely connect the two of you. But definitely. I mean, that's one of the things that he has observed is, and, and he's seeing breakthrough in, with a different approach, but in yeah. in, in, in yeah. very much a scientific ba- basis yeah. as well, that, that the physical manifestation is a lot of the time connected to an emotional trauma. Yes. Um, and, and he's seeing incredible breakthrough in there. And I think it's one of the things that is just stirring in my mind right now that I wanna ask you is, what in your mind, your opinion, what is the connection between vulnerability mm-hmm. and the fruitfulness you're seeing with PTSD? Because obviously there's one level of vulnerability of, um, I, I'm just kind of reminded of that picture of that weight that you're talking about, that burden that people are, feeling, mm-hmm. that, that, that pressure, that um, mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing to be vulnerable, to even acknowledge, admit, confront, mm-hmm. but then even to make yourself vulnerable to receive prayer or to even
1: approach someone
0: mm-hmm. about it. What, what do you think is the connection there? Well,
1: first of all, um, the healing prayer model that I, that the Holy Spirit gave me is one that can be done much like the way lay ministers in a large crowd, it can, you can pray through the prayer in five to 10 minutes tops. Mm-hmm. It's not where you're going into a room and counseling for hours. It doesn't re- require people to go back to their traumatic memories. As a matter of fact, I'm completely, we, we don't do that. Uh, it, it's just a matter of making declarations over their lives of forgiveness of God's dream, Uh, just looking them in the eyes. Mm. I require the entire time that I'm praying for them that they look me in the eyes. And if they dart away, because many times when you begin to address shame or guilt, Mm. immediately they'll close their eyes and they'll drop their head. But you stop, say, no, 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 it's okay. You can, I want you to look at me. Um, And so the courage that it takes uh, to actually step forward for prayer is huge. Mm. However, once they see testimonies, We have a lot of video testimonies, both men and women who've been dramatically healed, and they actually talk through the process that they went through Mm -hmm. while they're being prayed for, which helps people. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Holy Spirit just draws people through. Once we walk through what the symptomology was and I I show them what the prayer looks like, then, I mean, he just draws people Mm -hmm. in. So the vulnerability is huge because people who have broken hearts have two big walls One is shame and one is guilt. Mm. And you have to break through those walls in order to get to that broken heart to allow Holy Spirit to Mm. heal. And uh, if they will accept what you are declaring over them, that because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, you have nothing to be ashamed of anymore. No matter what you... uh, Shame is always attached to identity. Guilt is always attached to behavior. So in the shame, I declare to them that they're no longer defined by their history, they're not defined by what others have done to them. When it says in Isaiah 61 that he has come to declare liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, that's not not the same statement. You are held captive by that which has been done to you, Mm. like being kidnapped. Mm. So imagine chains and shackles of being kidnapped. So those who have been abused, those who have experienced trauma, like even you watching this horrific event uh, in Cuba, you could become captivated by that. Mm. And that memory could so get in your head that it actually keeps you up at night, it disturbs you when you see a child, it would bother you. That would be captivated. Being held prisoner means I'm in prison because of the guilt of what I've done. Mm so for instance a soldier on the battlefield may be ordered to do things that are actually against their moral code and that's called moral injury and wow. so they they carry the weight of that guilt and actually I've had soldiers tell me that they feel like they have post traumatic stress because god is punishing them for what they did on the battlefield mm-hmm. so when you can declare break the power of the sh- the wall of shame break the power of the wall of guilt and declare freedom from those things in jesus name mm. then the demons of trauma the demons of torment the demons of fear they have nothing to hold on to anymore mm. and so they get free of that and then you can pray healing for their soul and uh there's some real freedom that comes what what do you do i'm just have a because mm-hmm.
2: i'm this is ministering to me personal <laughs> now i had a car accident that some people are aware about august 2nd 1998 and uh, I've gone through a a beautiful process there, and I've had six surgery, but there's still, I mean, uh, just the other day, my wife is driving in a traffic in Atlanta, and I mean, my whole body get locked up, and I know it's connected to, uh, because when I'm driving myself, no matter what the traffic is, I'm fine with traffic, and I'm facing traffic, but it can be different incidences, that in a moment, it's subconscious, just triggers things, you're not up, and you just feel like Mm -hmm. something, so uh, I mean, and, I deal with it. So it's not in a sense of I live there or anything else, right. but it is like these things still and I'm talking about this is twenty years ago but next year. Still get triggered. Day. Do you get these triggers? Yes. So so what is the difference there if you're saying just in a definition of if a uh, if you can call somebody where these, these things can happen, it's not that often it happens, but there's certain incidences with that or shooting sounds or explosion I've had in Pakistan. <laughs> it's still I sleep well. It's not a normal thing, but now yeah. and then there's certain thing that triggers. Yeah. I deal with it and have to go through it, <laughs> get right back again to but it's to the still place. but it's
1: still negatively impacting your life. Yes, and so the body retains memory. The the, the human being retains memories in two places. You first of all maintain uh, your your memory center is the hippocampus. Mm-hmm. and That's where all of your memories are stored. So everything that's ever happened to you, you've ever remembered, is back there. But there's a, there's another place that it's stored in your brain and that's the right lobe of the brain the creative side and that's where all traumatic images and memories are stored mm. and according to dr carolyn leaf there's a neural pathway that, that leads to those traumatic images and memories that looks like a tree mm-hmm. and that actually is connected into your five senses so that when through your five senses you experience something that triggers up through that neural pathway to that traumatic image and memory, that's how you experience it again. So according to Mark 11, Jesus went to a fig tree that was not bearing good fruit, and he spoke to it and said, dry up and die. Hmm. And of course they came back the next day and it was dead. Mm-hmm. So we actually speak to those traumatic images and memories and we command them to dry up and die in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. We sever the neural pathway by the sword of the spirit mm-hmm. from any lie or anything that's connected to that traumatic image and memory, and we actually sever the five senses. I, I say life in the name of Jesus, as you're looking me in the eye, mm-hmm. I declare over you in Jesus' name, I sever your five senses, you're seeing, you're smelling, you're tasting, you're touching, and you're hearing from being triggers to those traumatic memories. And I speak peace so that you no longer have to fear being triggered by that any longer in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. So the brain, and, and the right lobe of the brain is the first place the memories are stored in trauma. The second place they're stored is in the body, that your muscle actually retains memory of things. And if you've ever watched like a a, a movie about Navy SEALs or military guys, how they can take apart and put together weapons Mm -hmm. without thinking about it. They can be talking and they literally put... That's called muscle memory Mm -hmm. and they're trained in the military to do that without even thinking about it. Well in the same way your muscular system can actually retain the memory of trauma. So people that I have prayed for who let's say they were held down as children and assaulted, as, as I break the power of that they can feel literally those hands around their biceps as they're getting set free mm-hmm. and we're releasing the body mm. by the power of the Holy Spirit from that trauma so that the muscles no longer carry that memory anymore. Wow. So that's why in either case, particularly being in such a horrific car accident like you were, you could be retaining both of them. And uh, I'm more than happy to pray for you later, brother in yeah. Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. 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 So does that make
2: sense? Yeah, it does. I have one more. Well, this is exciting. I'm like, wow! (laughs) (laughs) if if this is just for me. But there's also one thing that I think both of us are facing. It's a theological question. Because, uh, of course, we love the finished work of Jesus and what he did on the cross. And when he said it is finished. And when you're talking about even with a baptism, a death, burial, and resurrection, including Uh past, present, Mm -hmm. future, including in the whole finished work of Jesus so I know there's a lot of people that are out there now because of and I do believe that it has a very very high value in regard to it so I'm just I would maybe be on the other side of it in a sense of vulnerability but the reason I'm bringing this up because there is some people now in the sense of saying that you believing that those things are there is why they are there but all of it is taken care of by jesus and we know that in regard that jesus paid for it all so it is so we know that there is a heaven full of resources to help us in all of our needs but in a sense of experiential you have a lot of people that go in bondage and are struggling or striving or a lot of them aren't even aware of it as an issue because it's already taken care of so my tension with this is not it is just also even as we're helping people in regard to they know okay jesus already took care of this it's already paid for and at the same time period they're still having a nightmare or they're still being traumatized or their sexual identity and i could just go on and on and i was just thinking about a person and with a homosexual identity went all the way back to childhood have had some tremendous transformation in the process but the message that that person had—no, no, no—that no, person was dead when you got saved, and everything was included, and you believing it is why you have it. Uh, so, so what? So are this some is of what your,
1: I would say. Yeah. This is what I'd say. It's very clear in the letters of Paul, and Paul is in the New Covenant in the New yeah. Testament, that he he reminds the believers, the the spirit-filled Christian believers, that have already accepted the finished work of the cross, mm-hmm. to put off the old man to no longer allow things to continue to dwell in their minds, mm-hmm. that he said in 2 Corinthians 10, three through five, that our warfare is not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations, and the destroying of every high and lofty thing that raises itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to be obedient of Christ. He's not talking to unbelievers there. Mm. He's talking to believers that can still have strongholds, that can still have imaginations, that can still have lofty things. And so there's an understanding that, you know, the, the debate we're having is whether sanctification is a one time experience or it's a process. And the reality, the, the, the writings of uh, the church fathers all the way up to our present time refer to sanctification as a process. Mm -hmm. And so for me, with the trauma, sanctification is getting people, Christian believers who are in bondage to their memories and their histories, set them free. And many of those images and memories are things that the body has retained Mm -hmm. because of the way God made the body in the first place. Mm To re, I mean, we have brilliant minds. We actually remember everything that has ever happened to us. It's just that we filed some stuff away, mm-hmm. but the reality is that it's all still there. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we pray, we're, we're just saying, kingdom come, will be done, Holy Spirit come, release this person in the fullness of who they're called to be. And so I, I am in loving disagreement that all you have to do is just believe this And everything will be okay because it's a process, but we can still love each other. Yeah, and
2: I think that what we hear in the testimonies, and it's including—I mean, there are certain areas I had breakthrough that I just received. Yeah, Uh, and it's even like when I'm often coming with a baptism of love. I often say that sometimes when I pray for people, they've been pregnant for nine months, Mm. and when I pray for them, the water broke. There it is, and the baby was birthed. Yeah, but other ones, they got a seed. And mm-hmm. now they get pregnant with it, and the process starts. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying one or the other, but in about the 90% of the cases, I'm saying when the encounters and what the experiences you have because the kingdom is like a seed it's like a mustard seed that is coming in love goes in and starts to move away fear and things that get manifested so i i totally agree with you because it's been part of my journey i appreciate and celebrate some of my friends that there was a grace that was there and at the moment they had an encounter they had an experience it could be they've been in a process or there was just a grace for them at that moment and all the memories was gone the moment they were saved or baptized or they had an encounter with love. And I love those stories Uh, and it's just so much encouragement to a lot of us and I think that we can see more and more of those things. And at the same time, but I also uh, want to be able to make sure the same grace is involved for
1: the people that are involved in the processes. Well, you know, I came into the Spirit-filled life uh, through the Spirit-filled Southern Baptist Papa Jack Taylor. Well, his uh, book, The Keys to Triumphant Living, was the very first spirit-filled book I'd ever read. And so I went down to Dallas-Fort Worth and I encountered James Robinson and Dudley Hall and all these guys. And what one of the things we discovered was, in, was the reality of spiritual warfare. Yeah. And the statement was made, if Christians can't have demonic influence, then nearly everybody we're praying for must not be saved. Yeah. And the reality is, is that you can be in denial about it and you can say, oh, You know, we have the finished work, but the reality is there are millions of believers who are tormented by the evil one, and they've allowed access, not possession, but just influence in certain areas of their life where they're listening and agreeing with the lies of the enemy. We we have to sever that by believing the truth, but also you have to break that off of people. And so, and part of what we do in trauma is we break off the spirit of fear. Mm. We break off the spirit of trauma and torment and and those things that continue to haunt people and, uh, and they experience freedom. That's what it means when he said he came to set the captives free. So beautiful. Mm. So, Dr. Mike,
0: how do people connect? Are people that are listening, people that have friends, that they may be feeling that this is something that uh, is accessible and tangible for mm-hmm. for people experiencing trauma. How can people connect with you? Connect with your team.
1: Connect mm-hmm. with resources. Okay. What would you recommend? First of all, we have a Facebook page called God Heals PTSD. Yeah. God, heals, God heals. God heals PTSD. PTSD. Okay. PTSD. And on that Facebook page are testimonies, uh, all the testimonies that I show in my seminar where you can get there. There's a cup one or two videos of me talking about this as well, and one where I actually lead people through the trauma prayer. Uh, if you go to globalawakeningbookstore.com or maybe globalawakeningstore.com. Anyway, go to the Global Awakening website, globalawakening.com, and go to the bookstore. There is a DVD that presents my entire seminar. There's a CD as well that's the audio version, as well as the prayer card that has the eight-step prayer model. And amazing thing is not only people getting healed by watching the DVD or CD, but literally people are getting healed by just reading through the prayer card. Yeah. Wow, wow. Which is, I'm guys, I'm just shocked. I mean, mm. God, it's just so amazing. So, uh, and and they can connect with me. I also have an email, GodHealsPTSD at gmail.com. Okay. GodHealsPTSD at gmail.com, and they can connect with me that way.
2: And, and what excites me, especially what you're doing uh, dr mike and it's including my own life it's just some of the tools you're providing for us so that suddenly god is raising up you can say a whole group of giant slayers that can face this giant and we can help people to become free and that's also i think when you have breakthrough one it's like after david slay goliath now suddenly there's all these other people that face different giants and know that nothing is impossible and that's what it does for me is listening to this including that i look forward for because i didn't even realize i mean i did realize it's there in regard to mm-hmm. the accident you deal mm-hmm. with it. but again i'm mm-hmm. saying that it I, I just saw it this week again my wife was driving as i mentioned so you don't know sometimes realize before you suddenly are listening to it uh, No, that's not supposed to be there right mm-hmm. now that's right and you can get help mm. and just so i'm one of the first one even as we have finished today to receive <laughs> prayer and that's the beautiful grace of it but mm. the other thing is then how i get to help using the very tools that you have to help all these people that i meet all the time yeah but i didn't have have the right tools available and And, and that God is going to raise up a whole group of other people now to to see all over the world these giants coming down and just seeing people being set free. There's nothing that is a greater joy than people's identity being restored as beloved sons and daughters that are living in totally freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is, where he is Lord, yes. there is liberty,
1: there That's is freedom. Right. One of the theme songs that I've taken for what I do is the song Break Every Chain. And yeah. the last... Verse is there's an army rising up. Yeah. And all I want to see happen is an army rising up of men and women who see that it's possible to set people free mm-hmm. from trauma and really bring them into the full reality of the dream of God for their lives. You know, people ask me all the time, Well, what do I do with my history of trauma? And I said you have to understand, because you have an amazing destiny, not only did God know that, but the enemy also marked mm-hmm. you. And so so much of what has happened to you in your life whether you were born into a family with pain and they transferred their pain to you, Mm. whether you had things happen in terms of illnesses or abuse or bullying or or whatever, even bad choices that you made. It was all part of the enemy's plan to steal, kill, and destroy the dream and destiny of God for your life. It wasn't part of God's plan, Mm. but you woke up in a war zone. And once you understand that, then you can understand that it's really Papa's greatest desire Mm. to see you Walk in the fullness of dream and destiny, and no longer live under the influence of that trauma anymore. In Jesus' name.
2: Wow! Did you see the movie Shack, by the way? My I wife haven't and yet. My wife and I, haven't wife yet. And I I've just read the book. yeah, we just watched it. My wife and I, and mm-hmm. was because of course it, I think it just illustrates now, It illustrates the very point that you said because it totally was somebody that experienced major major trauma and, and the journey of experiencing a good good Papa. So. Yeah. Anyway, it was just mm-hmm. the of my wife and I was just there and I
1: watched it. I'll say one last thing. You're good, yeah. Watch all of the most popular comic book superhero movies yeah. and a lot of the very popular movies that are very popular with young people and you'll find a root of trauma yeah. in just about every one of them. You look at Batman. Batman versus Superman? Yeah. yeah. The Avengers, Iron Man is traumatized yeah. because of his experience in New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's really Doctor Strange, and yeah. it's a new yeah. one. I mean, I'm sorry if anybody's offended that I mentioned that. <laughs> on, I on mean, they're all awesome but, movies. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. they're really yeah. awesome yeah. movies. So anyway, but there's a there's a root of trauma in all of them. Mm. And yeah. uh, and you really begin to see that because it's so in deeply embedded in our culture.
2: It's also interesting. I was just with uh, Brian Welch from yeah. The Corn, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, had the joy of to be together with him a few different times but the last six days in Chile he said something that touched me in regard to this topic he just because of a lot of them and their journey in regard to trauma uh, even how they're connecting and why millions of people around the world are connecting to them but so much of this pain that they have is what came out but then also they they're filling up stadiums with other people with pain just to connect with them and so much of, of, of that's how the whole the corn came about and 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 you can even see that in some of the lyrics and Mm -hmm. and some they are so even just his own journey lately was just phenomenal for me to listen to brian and his testimony and some of the freedom that jesus has done
1: in his life it's just so beautiful yeah amazing amazing Mm -hmm. testimony i've read his books so (laughs) i know i know what that testimony is and uh, and robbie and i are
0: really great friends so wow very cool well, Dr. Mike, it's been just incredible to just hear. Mm. I mean, we just got a glimpse of... Uh, I know there's lots more that we could talk about and, and share about, but I think uh, a great way to finish off here is... Um, you mentioned raising up an army, but we want to raise up an army of giant slayers. Yeah, amen. and uh But I think it's, uh, the, the, the secret about this book is really you need to be able to face the inner giants yeah, as well as facing the ones that are on mm. the obvious ba- battlefield. Mm-hmm. Outside and um, so I'd love it if you would um, release just a blessing, release whatever prayer you want to release over those people listening that that um, that they would be set free, that they would experience the fullness of their identity, mm-hmm. that that reset button that would be hit, mm-hmm. whatever's on your heart, we'd we'd okay, love to just d- to receive. And,
2: and, and I know this is sounds very strange, but we do a lot of vulnerability <laughs> here. So since we are mm-hmm. at it, I I thought, I mean, a, a twofold prayer. One of them is. As you're ministering to me, uh, I think also you can minister to all these different people. Absolutely. They may have dear thing they can put in, but we're sitting right in the front of each other and you just mention what you're doing, but uh, even was think about people watching, that they can just look you into the eyes, mm-hmm. even if they cannot see your eyes, and feel that. So. I just mentioned the August second, yeah. nineteen ninety eight because yeah. that came and I don't know what's coming to other people's heart. Mm. And then in the ex- next moment. So for any one of us <laughs> for yeah. Scotty or myself, for yeah. us to receive that here. I got and two then, points of trauma. And then you release and then you can release the importation for yeah. all of us to be part of that army Absolutely. of yeah. giant slaves that can help So here's people. what I want you
1: to do. I want you to put your right hand on the right side of your heads. Put your right hand on the right side. Yeah, right, right here. Yeah. Okay, just like that. It's in the right lobe of your brain that your traumatic images and memories are. And Leif and Scotty, I want to declare to both of you in Jesus' name that it was never part of Papa's plan for you to have your life traumatized and walk with a broken heart. Mm -hmm. That in Jesus' name, I just declare that the Spirit of the Lord is here right now, Mm -hmm. and he is here to declare good news to the afflicted and, and difficult parts in your life and to declare to you that he's here to bind up your broken heart. He's here to declare to you the good news that not only can you be uh, have liberty from your captivity, from what was done to you, but you can also be free from anything that you have done to somehow deal with your pain in Jesus' name because the power of the blood of Jesus is strong enough mm. to take care of all shame, all guilt, and all pain in the name of Jesus. So I just declare I break the power of shame and guilt. In Jesus' name, speak freedom and liberty to you right now. Right now, I speak to those traumatic images and memories, Leif, to you, to that car accident in August 2nd, 1998, and Scotty, to whatever place in your mind uh, the trauma that you have. And I say in Jesus' name that as Jesus spoke to the dead fig, to the fig tree and commanded it to dry up and die, we speak to these traumatic images and memories, and I command them to dry up and die right now in Jesus' name. I sever the neuro pathway that is the lies, the images, and the ideas and the lofty things that lead to those traumatic images and memories. I sever that, and we tear down the stronghold that is attached to those traumatic images and memories. And in the name of Jesus, I sever your five senses, your seeing, your smelling, your tasting, your touching, and your hearing from being triggers to those traumatic images and memories any longer in Jesus' name. And I command to your muscular system, I command release Mm. from the pain and from the trauma that you still remember of that injury in the name of Jesus and i speak release and freedom to your body and to your muscular system to your nervous system that's still inflamed mm-hmm. from that to your to your endocrine system where your your amygdala your fight or flight Hormone is still being pumped out too much where your adrenals are so fatigued because you're constantly pumping out adrenaline all the time to your hypothalamus, to your thalamus, to your pituitary glands, to your thyroids to be reset to original factory settings in Jesus' name, before the trauma in the name of Jesus. I declare over both of you, and everyone in the sound of my voice, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind in Jesus' name. And I just command the spirit of fear, of trauma, of torment, of any kind of, uh, of, of terror that has come your way in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm also speaking to somebody in this podcast. I break the power of the spirit of suicide over you that has told you it's hopeless, you'll never be free, mm-hmm. and I break the power of that suicide spirit of suicide. It's a lie in Jesus' name. So right now, we sever any influence that these demonic spirits have over your mind, in the name of Jesus. We close the door of access, and we speak freedom and liberty in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, would you come, mm. and would you just heal my brother Leif's heart of any brokenheartedness from this trauma? Mm. I pray the th- same for Scott, that you would heal his broken heart from any of this trauma. And God, that you would put the pieces back together so they can see themselves as you truly see them, and not as the, the, the filter of trauma sees them any longer i want to declare over both of you and everyone in the sound of my voice you are no longer defined by your history Mm. you're no longer defined by what happened to you how you experienced other people or how other people treated you or the things that they spoke over you the word of god declares if any person be a new in christ they are a new creation the old is passed away all things have become new i declare that true for both of you, and everyone within the sound of my voice, in Jesus' name, that you are no longer defined by your history any longer. And Father, right now, I I just declare that they receive their fresh identity as sons and children of a loving Father. I'm continually hearing the the song that won the number one award for the worship song of the year, I am no longer a slave of fear, I am a child of God, Mm -hmm. and I declare that over both of you in Jesus' name. Hmm. And Father, I bless all those that hear the call to say, yes, I want to be somebody who heals the brokenhearted and restores the traumatized. And in Jesus' name, God, I pray that you raise them up, give them the confidence, and if as they can receive Any impartation from this podcast, I just give them the impartation that you gave me, Holy Spirit, that whatever grace, whatever gifting, whatever anointing you've placed in my life, I release to them in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. God, not only with the anointing to see trauma broken, but with the gift of faith that comes with a confidence in knowing that every person who comes before you that has trauma and wants to receive prayer, that they will be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, yeah. Doctor Mark. This is whoa. Being a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, for those of you listening, if you uh, if you would like to connect with us some more, uh, you can visit visit our website, globalmissionawareness.com. You can find out information about how to order Giant Slayers. Uh, we're excited to be able to release that to you and bless you. Uh, and uh, if you want to... More information about Global Awakening and what Dr. Mike's doing here, you can visit globalawakening.com. Yes. And God Heals PTSD is the Facebook page. Facebook page, yes. Really encourage you to connect with those resources or maybe connect someone with those resources. Mm. So until next time, we bless you, we love you, and thanks for joining us.